Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Triathlon Science, brought to you by Trimechanics Coaching. Today's episode is all about interval training. So I'm going to be probably recording these episodes as I kind of sit here in the morning, which means I'm sat here with a beautiful cup of coffee, so I'm also going to tell you about the cup of coffee that I'm drinking. So this is a really beautifully delicious uh, Nicaraguan uh, Pacamara. So Pacamara is uh, a bean that is significantly larger than... If you've never seen a Pacamara bean, you probably have, uh, have always thought a coffee bean of a certain size. Pacamaras are almost double that size. They are huge. Um, what they tend to bring is the, a kind of beautiful um, acidity, citrus flavours, fruitiness. So this one is some kind of reported kind of apples, peach, honey notes. Um, I actually really like it through milk because it gives a really kind of fruity, juicy note. Um, so that's the coffee that I'm drinking this morning. If you hear any kind of hissing in the background and little slight hisses, that's actually my coffee machine. I've got a really old school, what's called a Lapavoni lever coffee machine um, that was built about 30 years ago. And so it's all really functional, no electronics. I used to have all of that stuff and I went back from all the electronic sage stuff that I used to have to really basic heat the machine up, develop some steam, pull the shot with that, and then steam the milk with the steam within the boiler. It's brilliant. Okay, so today's episode. Today's episode is all about intervals, about how many you should do and when you should stop your intervals. So I always like to um, kind of base a lot of these uh, podcasts on things I've seen. And in a way, um, things I've seen or kind of things I've seen that could be potentially done better is the way I look at it. I've often been viewed by, by other people, I think I'll probably say it about myself, um, I definitely get it from my wife, is that I'm a bit of a, I'm kind of against the, the conventional path, shall we say. And it's not that I'm against the conventional path, I just like to delve into where the conventional path came from, try and get to the, the root of where it all started, and try and assess at that point whether something that was created then was was based on on what should actually happen. I'm going to say based on science, it's a, that's a bit of a loose term, um, in that I think there's often more to it. So a really good example of this is the RICE protocol, or the kind of idea of when you've got an injury, you should ice it, compress it, and do all this stuff to it. And most of that is absolute garbage. And it's definitely garbage. Um, oh God, that sounded so American. Sorry, rubbish. It's definitely rubbish. Rubbish beyond the first hour or two. Yes, it might be useful to try and essentially um, control pain, but if you don't need it for controlling pain, take a bit of paracetamol, definitely not ibuprofen. Never take ibuprofen when you've got any kind of musculoskeletal injury. I go into massive detail of why that is the case, but don't ever take it. Don't ice it. Don't do all those things because actually the what's going on, the swelling, all of these things um, that your body is doing are trying to set up the conditions for it to repair itself quickly. And that initial injury, those conditions, that initial cascade is absolutely critical. So you don't want to stop that with ice or particularly ibuprofen because it really acts to stop that initial cascade that's actually really important. So I like to delve into the conventional wisdom and I see things often and I start to think, I'm not really sure that that actually works that well, but I think it's become conventional because it's the way that we tend to do things because it's easier. So intervals are a good example. If you say to somebody, um, you're going to an interval session, or they say they're going to an interval session, or a coach often prescribes a set of intervals, they'll often say, you know, something like, right, let's do four by five minutes at VO2 max with this amount of break. And I remember reading, so this is actually the first basis of this, or the first idea of this, actually came from the book Train to Rate and Racing with a Power Meter. 
So this is, um, on training side of things, one of my favourite books. It is, uh, I, I always used to recommend it to people even if they didn't have a power meter because the principles were based around using power but actually a lot of it went beyond that from a perspective of um, the physiological basis and then actually delve really nicely into the physiology of why you're doing what you're doing. How you could use a power meter to essentially, like we said before, training with a power meter and not to it, but actually how you could use it to measure things like that physiological changes. So it's a fantastic book and it's definitely worth reading for anybody that particularly anyone that's got a power meter should have already read it by now. I think there's there, literally there's so much you can learn from it. One of the principles, one of the rules within it is when to stop doing intervals. And the argument they make is that if you're particularly if you're, let's say, I mean, I think about this, if you're time pressed, you need to ensure that you get every single thing out of your session. A lot of people, when they're time pressed, think about how they could add more and more volume. And often they, they're not actually getting the most out of their actual sessions they're already doing. So actually that's a, that should be their first focus. So you want to get the most out of every session. So within this book is the rule that of about five of what's called, or well, I don't know whether they actually named it, but it's basically based around the 5% interval rule of as you're doing an interval session, you take, presumably you do this kind of on the fly as you're doing it because this can change. You take the power in your, I believe it's the third, I quite like the second. So it's the second or third interval the, because the first one has an anaerobic component. You tend to push a bit harder, you're fresh. You've got an anaerobic component in, a, in your VO2 max, particularly in that first interval. So the first interval will tend to be higher as a result, which is that essentially normal, um, unless you are extremely disciplined in what you aim for. Um, the second or third interval, so you, you take that, you take roughly 5% off. So let's say you're doing VO2 max intervals and you're hitting 400 watts. Or you hit roughly 400 watts in that second and third interval. So you're on the third interval, you're hitting 400 watts, you've just finished the third interval. So 5% of that, is 20 watts. So you've got so that you now your floor for continuing those intervals is 380. So that's the basic principle. It really is you continue to do those intervals until you can no longer hold 380. And that is a really it's an it's an unbelievably potent and powerful way of doing it because it can do two things. It can stop you early when you need to stop, but it can also Keep you going when you need to keep going. So like we said before, like I said before about the ergometer and using um, a kind of erg mode to control your, your effort. I don't like that because I, again, it goes against this idea, I think, of the flexibility and physiology in that you sometimes need to go harder and sometimes you need to not go as hard. And you need to let your, how you feel, your heart rate and various physiological markers kind of, or um, you know, those things that you can sense dictate that. But also, again, this is the, the duration equivalent of that, in that actually, if you can't hold that number that you've set, you, you're clearly fatiguing, and you are getting to the point where you may have gained the benefits. But at the same goes, if you're really fresh, when you do an interval session like this, you are trying to kind of, I can't view it as forcing adaptations. You're trying to really hit the ceiling of what you can hit in terms of oxygen delivery and various other factors, because it is that will create the stimulus via things like biochemical changes but also gene expression developing more mitochondria developing capillaries all these things in the long term and it's all done by hitting your kind of limits as such 
it, you know, it might not be absolute. We often think of hitting limits as being the absolute limit we could hit. I.e., let's say we are cycling. It is an all-out absolute sprint for five seconds. Well, that's not really the case. There's limits all over the place, and limits in duration, limits in in the oxygen utilization, will promote those adaptations. So you need to keep going until that's the case. So don't specify how many intervals you're going to do. What you should specify is that arrange and make sure that within the workout, you've got that, that, um, that uh, leeway built in. So a good example, this is a problem, is things like Zwift is a good example of this. You create the interval session, let's say you put in 10 intervals. And I've already, I've done a few interval sessions on Zwift already and managed to get absolutely no stars or whatever it is that you get for doing the interval well because I've exceeded the, the numbers I put in each time because that's what I was planning on doing. But people will do their, you know, in order to gain the credit from the interval session, they will stick and they will do the 10 intervals that they specify that they would do, even if that turns out to be too many or too little. Often, I'll be honest, from what I've seen from a lot of people, it's often too little. You know, for instance, a good example, and this is a, I always say, when it comes to training, there's not a lot that separates the elite athletes and the regular athletes in terms of certain um, overall kind of elements. Obviously, there's things like volume and things like that that do differ. But there are actually a lot of similarities. We're still riding bikes. We're still, we're doing, we're doing a lot of their stuff, but often at a lower, obviously, effort level or intensity or power output, should we say, because obviously they're putting out a lot more. But actually, there's things in interval sessions that are a good example that just demonstrate that they're doing things differently to us by either by the way that they do things, the way they're able to work themselves, what we perceive as working themselves harder, but also the way that their interval sessions are designed. A good example of this was I saw a, a three, like, so VO2 max, interesting interval length. People tend to pick either really short, short, like 30 second ones that with very short rest, going up to kind of three to up to eight minutes, shall we say, even potentially. But your three to five minutes tends to be the, 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 the typical duration. Three minutes is not really going to do much good on your VO2 max unless you do it the way that some of the elites do, which is only one minute rest. How many people who do three minute intervals are actually only doing one minute rest? One minute rest is not quite enough. Two minutes tends to be the optimal to actually fully recover. But that's the point. They're not recovered. So therefore, they go into the next three-minute interval not fully recovered, which means they can drive up that VO2 max very rapidly at the start of that second interval. If you have three minutes break, you've overrested, and you've actually probably not, you know, it's a pretty much useless session. If you're doing three minutes on, three minutes off, your session is going to be relatively useless. You'll probably go too hard in the three-minute interval to actually really develop the aerobic side of things, and you'll rest too long in the break. So... Another thing that the, the, the elites tend to do is they tend to do more. So they do four by eight minutes with two minutes break. Now, if you do eight minute pretty much at VO2 max type level intervals, you're just below that really, you're just below, you're kind of somewhere between just below, basically just below that kind of, you know, if you were talking percentages, you might be at 105 to 110% if you were doing those eight minutes um, somewhere in that region. But they're, they're, they're brutal. You get to the end of the eight minutes and you're desperate for a break. And two minutes just does not seem like enough. And they do four of them. And that is painful. But that's what they do because they are the professionals. We should be kind of working towards that. In, the, in your interval session, you need to be working towards those kind of targets. Because you can do them. You definitely can do them. Or you can develop an ability and a psychological ability to be able to do them. You've got to work your way up. So that 
they often do more because they are they are potentially adhering to these rules because they will keep doing them until they can no longer do them. So when you set out that kind of VO2 max interval session, that's what you essentially need to have in mind. Now, what about other intensities? So let's say we're going for neuromuscular and higher or kind of anaerobic type um, interval sessions. So let's say we're now doing 30 seconds on, um, 30 seconds off, but we're doing it kind of anaerobic or kind of really high intensity. I would suggest stop that session when you are when you feel it you just literally you hit there's a point where you feel like your legs just can't seem to generate that power so keep doing them with an eye on that whether you're still exceeding that power but rather than having that defined rule because obviously everything's happening too quickly you 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 that feeling where suddenly you're losing the ability to kind of coordinate your legs properly drive into that power drive that power up rapidly and when you get to that point that's when you stop because at that point, if you're going, you're fatiguing, your neuromuscular system is fatiguing, your anaerobic system your, um, is not re, kind of recharging as quickly. At that point, when you're going to fatigue, you're going to start doing potentially more harm than good because your movement patterns and things are going to change. It is possible to change movement patterns on the bike. We often view it more in running, which is obviously, and swimming particularly, which is obviously more movement pattern based. But cycling does happen in regards to that. So actually... Um, because it's all a lot of it is kind of things like muscle coordination rather than an actual move change in movement pattern that dictates our kind of movement in space because obviously we are connected at the pedals and at the saddle so that's those kind of things what about the longer intervals so what about if we're doing things like sweet spot and threshold well i i tend to use things like decoupling as a good as a good way of looking at that so with sweet spot if you're doing sweet spot intervals bear in mind when i say sweet spot intervals I tend to do mine at maybe even up about 45 minute interval. So it's a, it's basically steady state. If you're doing short, short sweet spot intervals, unless you are having a ridiculously short break, then short intervals at sweet spot are a bit pointless. You are, the idea with sweet spot is that you are trying to control steady state output. But in regards to that, if you are doing those as intervals or you're doing those sessions where you start getting decoupling, i.e., when you, your power is staying the same, but your heart rate is up and up and up, and then goes beyond maybe 10 to 15 beats from what it was, say, five minutes into the session, that's when you should start thinking about whether you're now exceeding the potential benefits or where you should be at. You're trying to drive towards decoupling, but not go too far beyond it, because that is the, that, what, that is the realm that takes you into doing kind of more harm than good um, if you're trying to accumulate that kind of aerobic load. So that was a kind of brief summary of when thinking about intervals, particularly have a look at that 5% rule, have a look at training racing with a power meter. And if you've got any questions, please get back to me. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.